Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing in common. I can't stay, come for the comments. Hello, good morning. Tell me what the lit read. What's up, family? We here another another episode is episode, what are we at? 19? 20? Episode 19? Yep, 19. Episode 19 off the rip. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Rashawn, how you been, man? How's your last week, man? Been pretty good, bro. How you doing? I'm good, man. You know, I'm just living life. Happy to have 10 toes on the earth. You know what I'm saying? Bless. Anyways, <laughs> Kareem, what's going on, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. <laughs> going uh, going car shopping later today. Oh, yeah, damn. Me and the fiance about to get a car. She's about to get a car. Oh, you about to get a minivan? About to make space for the little uh, stop. Not yet. Not yet. It's not that time. Chill, <laughs> chill, chill. You get one more nice car. And then the next car is like the family car, you know? She's, she's soccer what I'm mom talking thing. about. Yeah, she's, exactly. yeah you know. getting the you minivan? Know. Yeah. Yo, no cap, though. <laughs> Those minivans be decked out. I yeah, know they, they, some of them, yo, yeah. It'd be yeah. like 17 cup holders. Like, oh my God, 17. <laughs> now, them shits actually was nice. Back when I used to work at Hertz, them shits used to be nice coming in. Depends on which ones. Like the, the, the Pacificas, the Chrysler Oh, you was at Hertz? I was working at Hertz. Uh, it was solid. You you meet a lot of interesting people there. I was going to say. There's mm. a, lot of, a lot of strange people that rent cars. Mm. Drug dealers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Drug dealers driving autonomously. Yeah. And they all want the Chevy Malibus and 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 fucking cameras. Oh, cats, and like chargers. Yeah, nah, they don't want those because those will stand out. Yeah, exactly. shit. Yeah, they just <laughs> all want the Malibus. Spend it license and still rent a car somehow. Yeah, we won't talk about that though. Luke was a part of the drug trade, <laughs> but you can get a gun as easy as anything, bro. Anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. but um. Who we got? We got Rain Mook. Mook, how you been, man? I said what's up pretty good, already? man. We're doing pretty good. Good. That's what's up, man. Um, any basketball news? Any tournament news? Updates? Uh nah. We're off till next week. I got a tournament next Sunday. Well, next weekend. So off this week, chilling for a time period, and then I think I got New York and then Vegas to end the season. Mm. Uh what age group again? I do freshman. Freshman word. That's what's up. Yo, yeah. Mook, I see you got a couple of open runs going on. I was checking yeah. your IG the other day and it looked like somebody got banged on. Oh yeah, it was it was ugly. If you haven't seen, yeah, <laughs> chest to chest. Nobody knew the kid was gonna do it. Damn, chest to chest. Chest to chest. chest, chest, chest blood of my blood. Sweat of my sweat. I'll send. I'll send in um, group chat to find it though. But that shit was ugly. Kid Man, got a fast tough. break steal. Go went down. I thought he was just gonna lay it up. He just like picked the ball off a dribble. Just threw mm. shit down. For some reason, I always imagine Mook giving the, the team the inspirational speech that Bradley Beal gave him. <laughs> and Mook being like, yo, and then you'll have to guard me. And guess who's going to get, who, guess who could get by me? None of y'all. None of y'all. So what do you think is going to happen? It's 450 spots. That means you got to guard me. And it can't none of y'all guard me. <laughs> I was like, sheesh. I'm like, he didn't lie, but. I mean, it's real lie. shit, though. That dude's All a true, bro. That yeah. was that. That shit had me fired up. Had me want to put my head through a wall, bro. <laughs> right. I was like, that goes I can guard him. Check up. <laughs> that one I don't have to work the, another uh... day in my life, and I'm taking care of my mama and my dad. 
Yep. And my uncle and them too. I was like, damn. I want one up there with the uh, Ed Reed one and Tim Tebow halftime and uh Amos Winston. Yep. James <laughs> Winston. James Winston has a special place in the Hall of Fame. Everybody looked at him like, yo, is this nigga crazy? <laughs> They're like, yeah, this is who we drafted number one. Shit. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are. T, how we doing, man? I want to say what's up to you, T. T on the ones and twos. Pretty good. Pretty good. I can taste all my foods. And yes, thank goodness, else. man. Back from the COVID-19, bro. Got, Back got, like you never left. I just got a little trust issues. I don't know if I'm tasting the right thing, so. <laughs> I can't tell if that was a pause or like. I was going to let that shit slide. Yo. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? But go ahead. Call it out. You want to call it out. WT. Yo, oh, shout out to our, our uh, producer and editor, Edgar. And shout out to our theme song artist. Vanna Black Soul, who does the song uh, for Off the Rip, the official song for Off the Rip. It's called Nothing in Common. Um, you can find him on all streaming platforms. That's Vanna Black Soul, Vanna Black. He's based out of Chicago. Please go check him out. Anyway, speaking of music, fellas, we are at our celebrated uh, topic, our famous segment. What is in your Serato? Oh, shit. They're coming to get me, yo, the Alphabet Boys. My bad. Sorry about that. Anyways. Uh, what is in your Serato? What's what's going on with music this week? We had J. Cole make a huge announcement. Huge announcement. On May 14th, he is saying he will drop his album. And that announcement came first. And a couple of days later, he dropped a little treat for us. You know what I'm saying? On May 7th, he dropped the interlude, which I believe is the intro. Or maybe it could be somewhere in the middle of the album. But it sounds very much like the intro to the album. Um, and in that, he said he, he wanted to drop the album all at once, but he was like, man, F it. I'm just going to give y'all a taste of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very quick song, two minutes, uh, mm-hmm. but he's talking that, talking that. And it makes me really hyped for the rest of the album. What do y'all think? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, we were just talking about, like, people need to drop some music soon. So, like, this is perfect timing, you know, for, for Cole to kind of recognize this and and put some music out there. I'm interested to see. Like we were talking about how long, you know, albums are and kind of like what's the right size for it. So I'm curious with him how how much he's actually going to give us, you know, how long this album is going to be, what what's going to be the content. Because, you know, Cole is like, he really likes to tell stories. So, like, I'm I'm curious to see. And I feel like, didn't he talk about, like, what the, the title of this album is, the offseason? Like, what that kind of means to him? Yeah, so so he has a um, a series that he's been doing. Uh, so he has the... I believe it starts with the warm up, then the come up, the blow up, um, Friday Night Lights, and then um, also Cole the sideline story, and then the off season. So mm-hmm. it's a theme of uh, basketball mm-hmm. and how when he was going through basketball when he was growing up, he got cut from the team and he really liked basketball and all that stuff. So he he really uses um basketball as a um, metaphor or an allegory in his music. And so now this is the off season as in he's uh, coming to the end of his career, I think, because I think he's going to finish out with three more projects. I think it was the off season, um, the fall off. And there's one more that I'm forgetting. Um, I can look that up or T can look that up and we'll get that to you later. But uh, yeah, so he, he Cole, you know, he's a high concept guy. So um, that's different from, you know, he had the four year eyes only, which was a concept album. K 
KOD, which was a concept album. So, um, and yeah, so I believe he's finishing the series off. I mean, I'm excited for it too. Um, this is kind of funny how how we had mentioned it. Um, what was that like two weeks ago? We were talking about how we just kind of wanted to hear stuff from some artists, and it seems like a lot of the artists that we did mention too have came out and said that you know they're doing stuff. Um, you know, this upcoming year, like I'd seen um, that, like you know, Travis Scott's doing his his um, Astro World um, concert for three hundred dollars. If anybody was interested in buying tickets, but He's supposed to be doing that this year. Um, I've seen various other artists talking about, you know, projects or different things they're doing. So it's like, you know, the streets is talking and, and they're listening. So, I mean, shit, what's in Maserato, man? I just I've been bumping 2014 Forest Hill Drive, man. Um, but just listening to this interlude, just the production and the way it was like produced. I'm just I'm really anxious to see what this project is going to look like. Because I feel like Cole is the only type of person that could drop an interlude like this and get people hooked and just like excited for what's to come. So, absolutely. So now we're waiting for uh, the tree has been shook. Uh, the proverbial tree has been shook. One of the giants has came out and said that he's dropping. So now we got to wait for the other two branches to see if they're gonna stir. We know we've been getting teased by CLB for a while, Certified Lover Boy, and uh, Drake. And Kendrick has been completely zero dark 30. So we're, we're going to wait to see what he's doing. But TDE has started to gear up. TDE has started to uh, advertise a whole bunch of stuff. A bunch of their artists and the TDE Instagram has been doing a bunch of promotions. And um, it looks like they're preparing to do a rollout. Um, if I were to guess, I think it would be for either SZA or Isaiah Rashad. Um, but we haven't seen music from schoolboy q in some time we haven't seen music from absolute in some time mm. j-rock dropped the album in 2017 2018 a very good album mm. and we haven't heard from him in some time either so tde come on out we ready yeah i think they posted something i think a week ago it was just like a flashback schoolboy q was singing something um but it was like a throwback so I think he's going to drop something soon, or at least I hope he does. Um, but yeah. yeah, you're right. Isaiah Rashad has been ghost. Everybody in that camp has been ghost. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's um very, very interesting when you look at that generation of rappers or that tier of rappers. And then this generation, I can't even think of anybody. I can't even think of a crew like that, like TDE or Dreamville. Maybe QC. And like, but I don't even... But that's like that's just a, such a different type of music. But just the lyricist, the lyrical power, the lyrical prowess in TDE is, is wild. Mm. Do you think quality quality control is like? I feel like they're more mainstream, right? Like, it's, it's Atlanta TDE music. And, yeah, quality control being uh, Migos, being Cardi, um, Lil Yachty, um, just to name a few. I guess Korean music. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they, that it doesn't compare. Those are two different, two yeah. different things in my yeah. eyes. But. You know, it's weird for me, for me and my Serato, for some reason, I've been going back to a lot of like late 90s music. So I've been listening to a lot of like Mace and Black Rob and like, you know, um, actually, you could say mid 90s too, like Snoop Dogg and stuff like that. A lot of DMX, even some Job Rule too. So I've been listening to like, for some reason, like ever since. 
obviously Ja Rule's passing. For some reason, I've just gone back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. To chill out. You just killed Ja Rule. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I was really like, wait. Like, what? He died, bro? My fault. My fault. Damn. Exclusive. I felt like... <laughs> <laughs> I felt like 50 seconds oh, first. My fault. My fault. I was about to say, I just seen 50 posts that Job ja Rule had tax problems. But yeah, like, you know, ever since, yeah, I'm like, ever since like DMX is passing, like, I just been kind of like glued to like that era of music. So, like, a lot of, of, of that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, that's not for some reason, man. That's, that's yeah. a very valid reason. You know? I thought, yeah. no, so Khaled wasn't in your Serato? I don't think Cal has ever been Maserato. <laughs> what? Like at nah, any point. I'm so hood. We the best. Uh, yeah, but I, I wasn't listening to him for Cal yeah. saying his name on the beginning of the track. I was listening. Y'all notice like, how I was he stopped like, saying nigga? Yeah. We yeah. nigga. Yep. We the best. It was after that. I'm, so I'm talking said, about my corporate. <laughs> I mean, eh, maybe you wanted something. I, I ain't going to deny it. Maybe you wanted something there. <laughs> that shit's funny. Yo. <laughs> This man murdered Ja Rule, bro. Um, also, what would Ja Rule yes, do in a situation? We have like we this? have the we have the music in of the music information in from Trevor, saying that um, J Cole has the three projects. One being called "It's a Boy," the other one being called "The Fall Off," um, and the other one coming out is "The Off Season." And "The Fall Off" uh, is going to be the last one before he retires, based on the LA Times. And it sounds like the one that's titled It's a Boy might be in the vein of Four Year Eyes Only, another concept album, mm. just by off the title. I maintain I love Four Year Eyes Only. It's one of my favorite albums. I think it's really, really big on positive Black masculinity and like a positive image. Um, a lot of people clown Cole for that album. They say he's boring and he's just talking about folding clothes. And I say, if that's all you see from it, then you're not really thinking too deep. You're not really thinking deep. Mm. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess that's what we got for uh, this section in What's in Your Serato. My bad, Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, Mook, I agree, bro. I, I've been, I find myself listening. I've, I've gone even further back. I've been listening to a whole bunch of Marvin Gaye. Oh, yeah. Like a whole bunch of Marvin Gaye. And um, who else? I've been listening to just that era in general. Yeah. Um, the, for me, um, was the Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Isley Brother verses. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That brought me back. And so I've been bumping a whole bunch of that as well, yeah. too. Like, another big thing I've been doing is because I just really like samples and finding out where certain songs are sampled from that I just go back and just start listening to these songs. Mm-hmm. Like, just the regular song, like, um, because I was listening to Nothing But a G thing and it's sampled from, I can't even think of the, the guy's name. It was like called like I want to do something freaky to you or something like that. And like I just like have like a I've been starting to like make a playlist of like all these songs that are sampled from and just like hearing like the samples and like I mean it's just it's just really entertaining to find out like how people try to flip songs and, and what they can do with them. Do you do you respect the artist more when you like find the sample? Absolutely. And like listen to it. Cause I'm listening to uh like a lot of the Delphonics. Like ready or not, remember when Lauren Hill was singing that song? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was an old song from the Delphonics. Yes. And like yes. listening to that, I'm like, oh shit. So Trev also asked a good question in um the com- um, comments. Obviously, the, the audience can't hear, it. but a lot of times I go on whosamples.com mm. and it literally breaks down everything in a song. So from the drum cadence to to just like the instrumental and you know, just 
you know, where they got even like specific like stuff that is said in a song. Like, you know, the song, um, um, the, song, the Jamie Foxx song with Ludacris. I, I'm drawing a blank on the name. And it was sampled from like a Sesame Street, um, like a Sesame Street episode. Mm. So like, it was like little stuff like that. I just find so cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Reem. I was going to say, I was, like, I feel like that's just become, like, really popular now to, like, see the samples and, like, understand, like, the mixing and uh, editing of that. Like, I see Genius be doing that a lot, and Genius just, just did it for um, Drake's album Views, and mm. so they went through each song and, and went through all of the, the samples and, and everything that he used from it. And, and like you said, Malik, I love that, too. Like, just to see where people get that from, like the creativity we've talked about, like Kanye kind of mixing and stuff like that, but just all producers and artists, like it, to me, it, like it blows my mind that people can find a sound, hear it, and then just fine tune it in such a way to where you can't even recognize it anymore mm. until you actually follow the the credits and see, oh, this was from that. Like that, that stuff's just crazy to me. Like, or, or even in like, um, my fault, Mook, but like even in um, Kendrick Lamar's Damn, like, the amount of samples that I've found through like TikTok, there's like several yes. in, in one track alone, Duckworth, which is at the end. There are so many different samples, things being sampled from like dude said he got a, a sample from like this Portuguese song, like the songs in fucking Portuguese, but like <laughs> he found that shit and flipped it for the song or like right. you have a, uh, in DNA, he's like, "Give me some ganja." I think that's. Oh like, yes, um, that's a Rick James sample. That's a Rick James sample, but like the way that they <laughs> chop that up, I'm just like, this the, the genius behind like putting those things together is just what absolutely really it, it's it's amazing to see just yeah. the just the work being done. Like how many? I don't know how many times I've seen the video now, and it still amazes me every time I've realized what they did. It's yeah. Tuscan leather and how they sampled the Whitney Houston song in that. Yep. And seeing how they flipped it, reversed it, and mm -hmm. and just like sped it up and stuff like it's like like the fact that somebody sat there and was like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do to this beat. I'm gonna flip it like this, I'm gonna speed up like the tempo on it and stuff like that. I'm gonna play yeah. it in reverse. Like that yeah. shit is so dope to me. That's that's why he's Kanye's son. Yeah, like Kanye West is one of the greatest of all time, but there's so many other producers that do some crazy stuff with music. Yeah. Like you know, it was a, a dope one that I found like a couple of weeks ago was um, when Jay-Z did um, the album with uh, with Linkin Park and then oh, the yes. YouTube video with Mike Shinoda and Shinoda, Shinoba, Shinoda. And like they're going like they're in the produce in the studio and like Jay's just hearing all like the sounds that Mike has. And just like to see Jay's reaction, like everybody knows Jay memes, like he's just funny, like without trying to be funny. It's yeah. so, like he used to be here and just like you see him just bobbing his head like and he's just like, oh, like. And just to see like that uh, process, like to have video to see that process, I think it's just so dope. So that was something I found recently, just kind of stumbled across that. Yeah, it was cool to see. Like my absolute favorite one is when Jay Z hit um, listens to um, "Dirt Off Your Shoulder" for the first oh, time. The Timberland, Timberland, uh, yeah. 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 And the crazy thing is, like, he, like me, like, because obviously you know the song, you know it word mm -hmm. for word, like you can still recite it to this day. Yep. And then when you see him first react to like how he saw that and was like, yo, yeah. this shit goes crazy. But Moot, what you don't realize yeah, is he played like three or four songs and out of the exactly. three or four songs he played, they were all hits. Cause there yes. was one song, the first song, the first sample that he played was used in Step Up. I think it was the first Step Up or something like that. 
And then he played that dirt off your shoulders. And then you see Jay just like, he stands up. He's like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like That was like when I heard about Tupac, the first time he heard California Love. Mm. It was supposed to be a Dr. Dre track. But Dr. Dre played it for Tupac. And Tupac was like, I need this track. I need it. Mm-hmm. And then just to see what he did with the track, like, yeah. I mean, loyalty off of like Kendrick Lamar's, that's like a sample Bruno Mars song, slowed down and, and chopped up. It's crazy, yeah. man. There's some geniuses out there, bro. Like the ability to listen and be able to pick out beats and sounds like that is, yeah. I'll never really understand that. Yeah, you got to have an ear for it. Like, yeah. Even Timbaland, like all the stuff that he does with tracks, like, he used the baby crying on a track, burping on a track, like ping pong on a track, like all that stuff he's used in a song, and yeah. those songs have become hits. Yeah. Him, uh, Swiss Beats, like he's been out there, like mm-hmm. all them dudes, you know. The creativity, I wonder if the creativity is different then or now, like just how they get these sounds, but it seems like back then, you know, like what they were using is just, you wouldn't even think to, to do something like that. I wish I had that kind of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, 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 we are at our next segment today, uh, our new segment. Uh, we just figured out the name for it. It's called the post post racial world. Uh, the reason why I like to call it that, or the reason I came up with that is because there was a time after President Obama was elected that we were told by mass media and uh, a bunch of mainstream people that, oh, we're finally in a post racial society. Funnily enough, um, that that is just not true. <laughs> is anything but true. And if anything, um, things have been ramping up since then. Um, as you know, we had Donald Trump as our president after that, and then him with his very, very, um, his very, very divisive speech is what they'll say. But I'll say it's outright uh, hate speech and outright racist um, has fueled a whole new movement. And people coming out of their woodworks, the cockroaches coming into the light, talking about all this um, all, and exposing themselves, talking about all this anti-blackness stuff and all this uh, racist stuff. And so that made me think we're not in a post-racial mm-hmm. world. We're in a post-post-racial world. The backlash is is here um, and is, is rising and we could put a face to it now. These people are getting bold. And part of that boldness coming is that there've been um, a whole bunch of bills passed and pushed through uh, legislature by the GOP party, the grand old party, the, the, the right, the conservatives that are about anti-protesting. Um, as we know, this has been a year, uh, definitely, I would say amplified by uh, COVID and quarantine and people being home that um, coupled with the violence, like the continued violence against uh, people of color and people have been out there protesting in the streets and people, people, um, People are now starting to police people on how to protest when this is supposed to be a country that was founded on protesting. And so now a whole bunch of anti-bills are come, anti-protest bills are getting pushed through legislature because they don't want us to be able to speak our voices or exercise our first right of um, speech and really let the people know that it's fucked up out here. Um, and, and coupled with that, they're also trying to push, push through in legislature that critical race theory should not be taught. And they're trying to remove that class from schools and also remove it from uh, government trainings and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, a lot of white fragility going on right now. Uh, and just wanted to hear what you guys thought, react. Cream, you went out, bro. Oh, shit, was I, was I on mute? 
No, thank no, you, no, thank you, thank you. Oh, Appreciate you. Um, no, I, was just saying I that... wasn't on mute for that. No. <laughs> Please, I, I saw him talking, but no, I was good. like, <laughs> "No, nah, I appreciate you." Uh, I was gonna say the the critical race theory and like the white fragility kind of stands out to me because my my younger brother did a lot of discussions and conversations um, back in Vermont about this, and I just think like it's such an interesting thing for me to like see that people are so against teaching critical race theory, which is. Mm you know, to make it a really simple statement or maybe oversimplify it, but it's just teaching like more accurate U.S. history to a certain point, right? Like a lot of the history that's, teach that's taught in school is is not super accurate and it's kind of watered down a little bit. So part of- Kind of. Part, it, it is, it is, yeah. <laughs> so part of critical race theory is really just teaching kids like what actually happened, you know? Like when Christopher Columbus found America or sailed to America, like it's teaching kids what actually happened. It's, it's trying to understand like what has happened in this nation, in this country. And the fact that people don't want that to be, you know, talked about, I think says a lot, you know, like it, it goes back to that, like that white guilt, it goes back to mm -hmm. people feeling guilty about what's happened. And like that to me is just what, I don't know, that, that says a lot about people that they can't accept what's happened in the past and they want people to move forward, but you know, they're not ready to move forward yet. Or they want to, you know, kind of change how we're looking at things as opposed to just educating people and then letting people come up with their own feelings and thoughts about, about what's happened. Yeah. I think it's just scary too, that several States are passing bills to withhold fundings, withhold funds, to like have this as like a, a curriculum in schools, right? Um, and you you talked about it, Kareem, because you know I, I I'm always connected to going to a predominantly all white school, right? And being in a AP U.S. history class, and anytime we talked about Christopher Columbus or if we talked about Thanksgiving, it was like the watered down white perspective of what happened. Mm. But being opened, like going to and then going to college and having a black college professor challenged that and said well it wasn't all sweet and dandy that there was like a real genocide that happened during this and why we shouldn't celebrate Christopher Columbus why we shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving and this is what really happened you know what I'm saying so it's just it's crazy like this is something that needs to to be enforced in schools but it, it, it like you and D said like there's just an agenda that's being pushed by republicans to to not have this conversation like there are certain things that are being put in place so yeah, yeah we have a definition of white fragility um which is white fragility feelings of a white person of white person experiences when they witness discussions around inequality and injustice uh feelings of discomfort and we also have another stat here from Trevor that there have been 81 bills proposed in 34 states that are anti-protest. Mm -hmm. um, this also just makes me think about how there's also been a huge conversation around people saying that America is fundamentally racist. And again, the right saying that, oh, how could you say that about this country? And it's like, you can't, and this is why critical race theory is important because you need to learn that history right. that one, you, you built this country, literally built this country off of stealing it from the indigenous people mm -hmm. and killing them off, as Rashawn just said, and then mm -hmm. enslaving and mass genocide, bringing the people from Africa over here to work in slavery without pay. 
and figuring out after slavery to do Jim Crow and after Jim Crow to do to go through uh, lynchings and after lynchings to go through to create the criminal justice system as is anyways. Um, so you're building the backs off the blacks and the indigenous people, the railroads built by um, the Chinese and the Japanese people, internment camps by the Chinese and Japanese people in World War II. Like this is constantly, and we talk about Mexico and all the land we took from the Mexicans. This is constantly a world in which we have missed, which America has been racist and violent against other people. There's just no way, no if, ands, or buts about it that right. this country is racist, right. fundamentally racist. And it's, and it's not, at this point, it's not, it's not good or bad. It's just the truth. It's like we have to acknowledge that and face that as the truth and, and move forward. Like be, people be taking this shit as if we're accusing them themselves. Mm-hmm. And like, yo, if you get, if you feel like that, then that's probably because you are doing some fuck shit on the side. That's probably because you are doing some racist shit on the side. Right. Like you just don't want to give up your goddamn privilege and you don't want to feel that. You know what? Let me slow down real quick. Someone else talk. No, nah, go off, yo, bro. No, no, no bullshit. <laughs> we off. need to take, we need to take what you just said and we need to put that on our Instagram. Like that, that right there is the <laughs> definition of what off the rip is about. Yeah. Is we need to like, Bro, people need to see what you just said right there. Like that needs to be a face of our of our Instagram right there. And so that's real. Because yeah. that's it, because people need to understand like this country was strictly built off of racism. Like there's mm-hmm. there's no way you can sugarcoat it about anything. We learned about the slave trade, um, you know, Jim Crow, segregation, the three-fifths rule. Like ever since this country was started that was the definition of what america was was we're going to it's predominantly one group has the say of how everything else goes there was Mm -hmm. never any equality in the country the slaves didn't have the right to tell hey i don't want to come over here they were thrown on a boat and sold over to 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 this country right so it's it's like you said it's this country was built off of racism and until people understand that and and want to accept that fact, I don't think anything will change because people are just going to kind of try to be blind to it. Mm. And they've been know. telling us, they've been telling us our whole life that, you know, we've been fed these lies since we were a little kid. And until we got older and actually mm. questioned the norm, we, we wouldn't have known our own history if, if it was just on what we learned in our academics. And, and, and Rashawn, my and, bad, and just, I gotta, I gotta jump in right bro. here real quick. But like you just brought up, Rashawn, like growing up in a, a, a all white school, a predominantly white institution, and talking about that MOOC when you have to start questioning this, this history and what's going on. For me, it was an experience where I started thinking I was crazy. Like I'm like, yo, this shit can't be right. Right. Like yo, this 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 doesn't make any sense. I'm getting told two different stories, one at home and one from school. I'm told I gotta be good in school and do everything the teacher says. Everything right. the teacher says is bullshit. Right. I don't want to be here. Exactly. Now I'm getting singled out because I got an attitude over you teaching me some fake shit. Exactly. I I, I got suspended once because I told a, dude, a white boy he was wearing his hat to the side trying to rap, like making fun of rap. I took his hat off. I said, you can't do that. You're a white boy. You can't rap. <laughs> and then they suspended me. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, what, what's really going on? And then and that circles back to the critical race theory again because it's not just learning the history. It's about learning the frameworks and perspectives of people who have been marginalized in this society. It's about learning about the inter- intersectionalities and the nuances of what the experience of these people in this country are. Yeah. So you had- also get to learning all the different right. uh, 
all the different literature, all the different um, theories, all the different uh, uh, just ways that that people of color move and work in society, and yeah. um, you you get their perspective, which is powerful. So it's not just the history; it's, it's looking through the lens as well. And it, and it's crazy too, D. Just seeing that I was I was reading it somewhere that black and brown students who attend predominantly all white schools are deemed as having learning disabilities at a higher rate than you know white students you know what i'm saying so it's just it's crazy seeing that and you know we're we're always well white teachers or whoever they might be are quicker to categorize uh black students of having learning disabilities but not providing them with the adequate resources that are available to other white students so, I mean, we got to look at that as well. And it's and it's so fucked up and it's so crazy to see that because I've seen that happen to a lot of my my black friends, the few black friends that I had out in Weston and stuff like and, and including myself, we put in, in different like in, in in a lot of ways, different classes and stuff. And it's just like exactly. there's there's nothing exactly. there's Tracking. nothing fucking wrong with me. You know what I mean? And um having my parents advocate for me in a lot of ways to get me out of these places. Like I've excelled in like those honor classes and all that shit. But like, it was always the teachers and stuff who tried to put us in different like classes and stuff. So you're, you're making me feel like (laughs) I'm not worthy or I'm not on the same level or playing field as I'm crazy. Yeah, exactly. I'm nuts. And, and the other piece to that is like, there's, like kind of purposeful racism and then there's like subconscious or unconscious racism and one of the big issues that i'm seeing people start to talk about more is how like messed up the medical model is Mm. and how a lot of tests and assessments that are done uh, the bm exactly bmi is a great example there's so many different things where most of these things that are our medical practice now were tested on mostly white people or not people of color so like when you get into looking at um numbers or statistics or the assessments for people of color like you might get different results and you see how like they're not as accurate that's why more people uh people of color don't get the care they need when they're in the hospital because of how they look because of how certain assessments don't um read don't read correctly based on the color of their skin or based on differences in in whatever from where they're from or cultural differences like you're seeing how it's not fair to police yes yeah based on fear of the police but that's even more of like a how would i say like that's a a person's own bias or prejudice coming in i'm Mm. saying like just assessments that are created whether it's like the adhd assessment systemical yeah so more (laughs) more systemic more stuff that's created for everybody but has racist undertones or prejudice undertones right and like that's one of the issues that people need to address is that it's not just people saying like oh, you know, screw this black person, or I'm better than this, I'm better than that. But it's like these systems and these places and things that are put in place that separate people and make certain people higher while other people are lower. And they create irregularities in school, in work, you know, like everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, Ray. Absolutely. Yo, I just think about it. Um, I was looking at my parents' birth certificates the other day. Like, my dad mm. was born in 62. Yep. His says Negro. Yeah. <laughs> my mom was born a year after. It says colored. So it's just yeah. like, my parents the fact that my parents were classified <laughs> like colored. that. And 
you know, we watch a lot of videos and stuff on like the MLKs and the Malcolm X's and it's all put in black and white to make it seem like it was a long time ago. But yet our parents were fucking kids. Like they knew what was going on. Yo, essentially speaking, like if you think about Malcolm X is not really taught in history. You know, Malcolm X is something you have to go out and kind of find out about yourself just because he's not like the clean cut, like no offense to like, Mar- like MLK and stuff like that. But like, you know, well, even, Martin Luther, like the- even Martin Luther King is sanctified. They sanctified yeah. him. Yeah. He was not that clean. He was not that clean cut. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they just kind of treated him like, you know, he's they made a clean him, cut yeah. individual. Gotcha. And the only thing that you know about Malcolm X is the photo of him standing outside, you know, with the gun, uh, you know, outside. Um, looking out the window. Looking out the window. Exactly. And it's like, you know, like a lot of our, a lot of the people that like we learn about in, in black history in general, because like, you know, we only have one month of the year and they teach us about the same three black people. We don't learn of anything else. Like we learn about like George Washington Carver, Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King. And it seems to die there. You don't actually hear about like all the people that were actually, you know, doing, doing. Um, people were still alive, bro. Like we exactly. lost John Lewis this year. Like I barely mm. knew about him. Exactly. I didn't know about John Lewis. And that's sad that I barely knew about John Lewis until this year about, um, I mean, last year when we were talking about, you know, voter suppression and everything. Mm. That's the first time you really even heard about him. Like we have to like, it's, it's a shame that like in the history books, they talk about all these people. Like we've learned about Christopher Columbus this whole time. He has a holiday and everything. And Christopher Columbus didn't do shit. He has a goddamn jingle, bro. <laughs> like yeah, in 1492, yeah. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Like get the fuck yeah. out of here. He didn't do shit, bro. Or you like, can't discover something. You got, you, bro, got like... gl- you got glorified for finding the wrong place. <laughs> and, calling and it the West the wrong, Indies, and calling, bro. And calling them the wrong people, bro. What? Who who get what? <laughs> but go ahead, my fault. Yeah, you're completely right. <laughs> I mean, just it, Fred Hampton too, man, and seeing how he was vilified. And we Absolutely. don't, we only <laughs> learned about him. We only learned about him because of that movie. It wasn't like something because they just pretty much like, like downed his 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 impact on the on the world because of this year we went out and 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 found out about him. Like you know, let me tell you why they murdered that man. But, but no, but listen, twenty one year old kid, really. But before yeah. you go there. D, before you go there, it's crazy that they just made a movie off of telling it from the perspective of this FBI agent who, I mean, he, he's a sellout. Like, they couldn't make a movie on just Fred Hampton alone, and I, I would love to, and I know we talked about this on an earlier podcast, because this is something that, once I saw the movie, I had to, like, really look into who Fred Hampton was, but it would have been great to see what 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 was the shift for him to become the militant that he was. Because in those 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 situations where he was engaging with not just black people, but, you know, some of these white folks and like these different communities, just the way he moved, you could tell he was just a very dangerous dude or a threat to the authority. You know, so. Yeah, that's all I was going to say was that he he was one of the most powerful and, and one of the most deemed dangerous by the government, by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, uh, because because he was able to bring people together like no one else before. He was able to bring people together on a level that they had never seen. He was bringing the black people together with the Puerto Rican people, together with the gay people, together with the poor white people, together with the veterans, Mm. and created the Rainbow Coalition is what he called it. 
And that when you start unifying everybody, then that's the where the issue is. And ever right. since then, ever since honestly, ever since then, it's been divide and conquer to me. Like after the sixties, after this, after the civil rights movement, they're like, we're never gonna let this shit happen again. Exactly. Right. So they yeah. try to they try to put a band-aid on it just to yeah. kind of make it seem like okay, everything's okay now. We're gonna while, per- while purposefully doing stuff to undermine and separate and segregate, like introducing drugs, the war on crime. Crack was invented to kill. Yeah was invented to kill the inner city right like there's no the there's no the the war on drugs in the 80s and the crack epidemic was created by the government to stop us from to stop us from from growing as a people because you look at today you you look at today and the war on drugs now is far different than the war on drugs in the 80s Mm. and this is why y'all have to watch snowfall Oh yeah, Damn, that's like four straight <laughs> weeks of a snowfall plug. Oh, that's a must, you guys. You guys <laughs> it's a must, that. bro. Y'all have to. Yeah, it's must see TV. Yeah, but that also like to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about earlier. Like that's I think a big reason why you know the GOP kind of does this, why they they challenge the critical race theory is because if you just put that information out there, then people can decide on their own what they believe. But by limiting it to you know a white version of history you kind of force people to 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 look at something from a certain perspective and it kind of creates a certain idea that you know mm. white people you know found america this and that but if you're able to teach like the more rounded and, and true history then people can decide for their own you know how to view this person or what they think about this culture that, this and that you know like that will actually create more unity if people have more information when you just limit it to such a small piece and you can only look at it in this way and say this person's good and this person's bad and there's no ifs ands or buts that's when you get the divisiveness that's when you get what trump was doing you know like these processes are terrible you know uh the left just wants to be a socialist like when you limit it to that just small narrow-minded thinking that's when you divide people like you need to educate people so that people can create their own opinions and thoughts and beliefs And, and that's how people truly unify when they're educated and they can have actual discussions and conversations about things, you know? Well put. Well put. I can't stay for the All right, fellas. So as you know, the NBA season is coming down to a close. I uh, will be finishing up in the next couple of weeks, I believe. So um, this year introduced, um, it was actually introduced, uh, the concept last year was introduced, um, that two additional teams essentially have an sh- outside shot of um making the NBA playoffs. So what will take place in the playoffs, if um, you are unfamiliar with, these seven and eight seeds will uh, play each other for the seven spot. Um, the winner of that game gets the seven seed. The loser of that game plays the winner of the nine seed and 10 seed game, and they'll play for the final playoff spot. Um, as the Stings are currently sitting, as we speak right now, the Lakers had just dropped down to the seven seed, the Warriors follow them up at the eight seed, the Grizzlies nine, 10 Spurs in the Western Conference. And in the Eastern Conference, we've got the Celtics at seven, Hornets at eight, Pacers nine, and then the Washington Wizards 10. So um, if, you haven't, want to see none of them dudes. <laughs> if you haven't uh, been familiar with it, uh, LeBron had recently come out and said that it was a horrible idea. Oh, um, so I just want to... <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> I, we are talking about NBA, and I did mention the Lakers, so That's it was going to happen. It, it, was, happen. it was going to have to happen. It but, was um, a necessary evil. Uh, so we want to, um, 
I just want to get you guys' opinion on what you think about the playing games and and uh, what you have. Yeah, Celtics don't want to see none of them dudes. I could very. <laughs> don't want to see Jesus. nobody, bro. Just what? Came out the out the gun with that one, D, huh? Celtics oh. and the Hornets, as it would be right now. I'm not worried about the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Hornets a healthy, a healthy mellow. I don't give a shit. Miles Bridges, just Miles Bridges and the boys. Lamelo yeah, is iced out on the side. Miles is blown out though. What? Huh? What'd you say? <laughs> what did you just say? Shout out, shout out to PJ Washington though. Chill out, bro. We, Chill out, we gotta dude. give a shout out to PJ Washington. Yeah, PJ though. Washington definitely gave him the put on. And PJ Washington <laughs> just had a kid with Brittany Renner, other yeah. than Brittany Runner. That and she's so, girls with Brittany. Who? You said she what? She's homies with who? Tiana Trump. Trump. Yeah. And Tiana Trump, Trump is at a lot of those games. A lot of those games. A lot of them. Uh, she trying to she trying to get in the play <laughs> yo, too, yo, huh? Yo, what was that, Rashawn? <laughs> what was that sign, bro? That Rashawn sound sound a little crazy. upset. Nah, that's a that's a whole yo, different he's down bad right now. <laughs> I plead the fifth. He was waiting for his put on. <laughs> But um, no, nah, I think the Celtics are going to be fine. If they play the Hornets, I'm cool with it. What The team I don't want to see, though, is I wouldn't want to see the Wizards. That's the only team in this plan that I wouldn't want to see. Yo, how is Russ averaging a triple-double again? Because they should be running around. They should be playing hard. <laughs> what? Luke? Russell Westbrook just be running around playing hard. He should be running around playing hard. So you saying <laughs> Russ is the only person in the league that runs around and plays hard for the past like that? four years. <laughs> like, like that? Luke, Luke, bro, there's 400 dudes in the NBA. You're telling who's me the, nobody else can you is playing hard Washington, like that? Can you, can you tell me the Washington <laughs> Wizards center right now? Who's their starting center? Isn't it that Bryant kid? No, he's hurt. He's, he's been hurt since February. Oh, okay. So if you um, can't so, even name me the Oh, it's Mo. It's Mo. It's Mo Wagner does not play them. Mo Wagner doesn't play for them. Does he? See, look at you. Is it, is it, is it Rory Hatcher-Mori or Mora? Rui Hatcher-Mori. Rui's a power forward, I think. But he probably yeah, can play yeah. center, actually. So, so I don't know. I don't know the center move. They're the Wizards, bro. But I know if the Celtics see him, that has busted. Davis the other day, I'll tell you that. You said what? You he banged on AD the other day. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. A lot of just been getting banged on lately. Y'all see Taco oh, Falls a little shimmy? Oh, that was tough. That shit Taco was with the jibble moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he still got him, though. You said Yo. shimmy in slow motion. And then put the yeah. up fake on. He jumped that at shit it. was crazy, bro. Nice. Old Bombay nice. been tough since that song, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you saying his draft stock went up because of that? Yeah, he had a banger song. That was like shit. He must be able to play. He got his own song. That shit goes crazy. <laughs> Yo, where's but Detroit at? Detroit is Ooh. in the spot called the Ooh. very last. Ooh, <laughs> damn. Hey, Cunningham. Thank you. They aren't the worst team in the league, though. That is the Houston Rockets. Mm. That's so disappointing, bro. I thought Houston was actually. It went down very decent. bad after James Harden took off that fat suit. <laughs> But I mean, right now the Lakers are sitting at you know the seven seed. I, I'm which honest, means honest, the I, was, I have no hope in the Lakers this year. The Lakers are actually on to something. I think they want to play the Phoenix Suns in the first round. I'd rather play Phoenix than the Clippers or Nuggets at this point. But didn't the, didn't Phoenix get this shit off Whoa. in the um in the play in last year or the bubble? Yeah, yeah. Phoenix, like, you know, book book caught fire in the bubble. So yeah, just to I mean, go that's home. What you got the week one, <laughs> yo. Boom. So <laughs> if you're if you're the Lakers, you want to play the Jazz or the Suns? 
Absolutely. So the top. Absolutely. No, which which one do you want to play? Those are the top. Who want to play the Jazz? You play the Suns. The Jazz are the Jazz are a very close second though. <laughs> you got no faith in the Jazz. I hate the Jazz, bro. No That's bullshit. Crazy. Steph Curry might be able to make a series against the Jazz, like him only. Bro, the fact that the Warriors got back into the playoffs is is kind of impressive. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm gonna give Steph, Steph his flowers, bro. Curry. Steph Curry might need to be MVP. Second, second, mm. uh, third, third. I'll give him third. I think third, honestly, third, my fourth, MVP, my MVP right now is Chris Paul. Mm. Ooh, he deserves it. And Chris Paul, then Jokic. Yo, you know what? What and I'm Steph. noticing is happening again is Giannis is not in MVP talks. Doing the same shit he's done the last. He's been three doing years. exactly. That, make no, that makes no sense. So, like, why is he not in it this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah NBA, answer me that question. It's like, why is Russ not in an MVP running after averaging exactly. a double you. again? Thank you. Because that first MVP was bullshit and should have went to James Harden. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not where I was going with that. <laughs> I'm going yeah. there with it. James Harden should have two MVPs. At least, maybe even three. He should have got one over Steph, too. All right, you argue you're James Harden. I'm going to say Braun should have... Braun should have five by now. Six? Braun maybe? should have easily won last year. Yeah. Easily. Five, five, six. Yeah. Five, six. Because he probably should have won last year, and then he probably should have won the D-Rose year, too. He could have won the heart. Yeah, he, he definitely should have won the D-Rose there. That was just because everybody hated him that year. Yeah. He yeah, should have yeah. also had the one over Harden, too. Yeah. Yeah, good argument there. He could have – Brock could have seven, bro, if he wasn't hated so much. Bro, it's the the we can't make this man better than Michael Jordan argument yep. at this point. Yep, that's all it is. It doesn't matter, though, because once he beats the war – after he goes to the seventh seed – Runs through the Suns, then beats up on the Nuggets in the next round. Then the Clippers gets to the chip, beats up on Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant can stay in second like he always wants to be. And you know, imagine, imagine, bro. <laughs> and that's how we ended it right there. And then LeBron can retire, and you know we can crown him as the greatest player of all time. <laughs> I like it. I like where your head's at. Did you like Richard Jefferson's take on him being the best scorer of all time? Yes, it makes sense. Makes sense. It makes, right? sense. It makes sense. People got butt her in the comments though, but it makes sense. I mean, Gilbert both agreed with that, right? And people but, act like Gil and fucking Richard Jefferson don't know what they're talking about. Like that's the crazy like, thing. Gil was a like, bucket, bro. Gil's a bucket, bro. Gil's <laughs> an <laughs> NBA legend, bro. He, he could have an MVP too if, right. if he didn't have to play in like that era in the NBA where it was just like ridiculously hard to get an MVP. If he didn't bring yeah. that gun into the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, empty. Yeah, but yeah. Gil was real, and then Richard Jefferson, like he, I don't know. People, people will say because he's he's a, yeah, I think solid. like he, I think he understands the game enough to give a valid point. You know, he was a huge part in that championship, right? Huge right. part. And if you're really thinking about this era where you look at KD, Steph, and James, like, sure, you can have some debate who's the greatest scorer, but LeBron's one or two. LeBron's he's, still he, giving you 28 a game, like 27 exactly. a game. Like, <laughs> exactly. And it's not even like he's like forcing this 27. Like he just goes out there and gets his 27, gets his nah, nine assists, yeah. and eight boards. And he's just like, I'm just, you know, sleepwalking till I get to the playoffs. But even it's, when he said, when he came out and said he wasn't going to ever be um, 100%, he still dropped like 20 points that game. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing too. And that's for another conversation, but like the idea of a, of a score and like how people define that is there's so many different definitions of that. And like I feel like that's responsible why, for. 
Right. It's, well, yeah. it's, well, it's because people don't find the way he scores sexy. It's well, not like he's like giving like smooth buckets like Kevin Durant, where he's hitting it's like, jump shots while look, Steph Curry just. If, if you can go in the lane every single time and half of the time you're going to get two points, would you rather do that or shoot a three and get three points 35 to 40% of the time? The man mm. shoots 50% like, for his career. Which means like, of every two shot, and, and it's not like he's just taking layups the whole game. He averages at least five threes a game. So mm-hmm. the man hits half the shots he takes on the floor, right. half of them, and he doesn't even shoot free throws well. Can right. you imagine he was like eighty percent? Right. He would have been. He would have been number one already. He's the all-time leading there. scorer like three years ago. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's the silliest argument to me. Is like, oh, Bron just drives layups all day. Like, yeah, because he it. can, bro. Stop him. Like, stop him, stop right? something. He's not the tallest player in the NBA. Like, right? stop him then. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, man, get me fired up here. Especially these old heads, you know, new new NBA players. NBA players nowadays are just soft. I'm bro, like, nigga, could you imagine if LeBron played in the eighties, bro? Getting played by Michael Cooper. <laughs> Like, could you imagine, like, or That'd like Danny Ainge out here trying to guard LeBron? Mm-hmm. Like, we saw what Jordan did, and Jordan even have a jump shot and gave him 63. <laughs> well, like, imagine. Up. I just want to point that out. That again? Huh? LeBron also would be getting beat up. Yeah, he does. Because, yeah. like, Jordan was getting uppercut in the air, like, and then still mm-hmm. clean filet. Could you imagine if, like, you Six, stuck, eight, like, two, some of the players? dribbling like a guard, I mean. Could you imagine if you stuck, like, some NBA players from, like, today, like, back then? Like, could you imagine, like, Steph Curry when, like, people won't play you at half court, just, like, gets to walk into jump shots? Yeah. This man would be arrested. <laughs> but, all right, yeah. move, close us out, bro. All right, you know what time it is. It's another great week of Off the Rip. Um, shouts out to, you know, our audience. We are up to 100 followers now. Officially, I think it's at 102. But we are definitely at the 100. So like we did promise, there will be t-shirts. We will be, we'll be putting a, um, we'll start, we'll find a way to do the raffle. Um, we have to find a good raffle off, but we'll do it on the live on, on our Instagram. But um, definitely check us out if you aren't already following off the rip dot podcast and then off the rip underscore podcast on uh twitter so definitely check us out definitely interact with us we've been very active on social media um we'll definitely be having some 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 content out there you know you know this summer we're gonna be outside be at your local neighborhood park so you know if you want us to show up to a park just hit us up tell your five to get out there we'll hop our five we'll be ready yes sir we outside we outside bro (laughs) Yo, where we at? We outside. <laughs> Respectfully. Now nah, we appreciate y'all for helping us reach a milestone. 100 Absolutely. followers. As Mookas mentioned, we're up to 102. Uh, so merch is on the way. And as Mook always says, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. Let's just continue to get the word out, man. Forget about where you came from, how the 